page eight of the adventures of master f j by george gascoigne this LibriVox recording is in the public domain yes servant quod she i will see if you can sleep any better in my sheets and therewith commanded her handmaid to fetch a pair of clean sheets the which being brought marvellous fine and sweet the ladies francis and eleanor did courteously unfold them and laid them on the bed which done they also entreated him to unclothe him and go to bed being laid his mistress dressed and couched the clothes about him sithens moistened his temples with rose-water gave him handkerchiefs and other fresh linen about him and doing whereof she whispered in his ear saying servant this night i will be with thee and after with the rest of the dames gave him good night and departed leaving him in a trance between hope and despair trust and mistrust thus he lay ravished commanding his servant to go to bed and feigning that himself would assay if he could sleep about ten or eleven of the clock came his mistress in her nightgown who knowing all privy ways in that house very perfectly had conveyed herself into his chamber unseen and unperceived and being now come unto his bedside kneeled down and laying her arm over him said these or like words my good servant if thou knewest what perplexities i suffer in beholding of thine infirmities it might then suffice either utterly to drive away the malady or much more to augment thy griefs for i know thou lovest me and i think also that thou hast had sufficient proof of mine unfeigned good will in remembrance whereof i fall into sundry passions first i count the happy lots of our first acquaintance and therein i call to mind the equality of our affections for i think that there were never two lovers conjoined with freer consent on both parties and if my over-hasty delivery of yielding words be not wrested hereafter to my condemnation i can then assure myself to escape forever without desert of any reproof herewithal i cannot forget the sundry adventures happened since we became one heart divided in two bodies all which have been both happily achieved and delectably enjoyed what resteth then to consider but this thy present state the first corrosive that i have felt and the last cordial that i look for the end of my joys and the beginning of my torments and here her salt tears gan bathe the dying lips of her servant who hearing these words and well considering her demeanour began now to accuse himself of such and so heinous treason as that his guilty heart was constrained to yield unto a just scourge for the same he swooned under her arm the which when she perceived it were hard to tell what fears did most affright her and it were hard now to rehearse how he was revived since there were none present but he dying who could not declare and she living who would not disclose so much as i mean to bewray for mine author deemeth it ferdinando returning to life the first which he felt was that his good mistress lay pressing his breast with the whole weight of her body and biting his lips with her friendly teeth and peradventure she refrained either of courtesy towards him or for womanish fear to hurt her tender hand to strike him on the cheeks in such sort as they do that strive to call again a dying creature 
and therefore thought this the aptest mean to reduce him unto remembrance ferdinando now awaked could no less do than of his courteous nature receive his mistress into his bed who as one that knew that way better than how to help his swooning gan gently strip off her clothes and lovingly embraced him gan demand of him in this sort alas good servant quod she what kind of malady is this that so extremely doth torment thee heronomy with fainting speech answered mistress as for my malady it hath been easily cured by your bountiful medicines applied but i must confess that in receiving that garrison at your hands i have been constrained to fall into an ecstasy through the galling remembrance of mine own unworthiness nevertheless good mistress since i perceive such fidelity remaining between us as that few words will persuade such trust as lovers ought to embrace let these few words suffice to crave your pardon and do eftsoons pour upon me your unworthy servant the abundant waves of your accustomed clemency for i must confess that i have so highly offended you as but your goodness surpass the malice of my conceits i must remain and that right worthily to the severe punishment of my deserts and so should you but lose him who hath cast away himself and neither can accuse you nor dare to excuse himself of the crime dame eleanor who had rather have found her servant perfectly revived than thus with strange conceits encumbered and musing much at his dark speech became importunate to know the certainty of his thoughts and ferdinando as one not master of himself gan at the last plainly confess how he had mistrusted the change of her vowed affections yea and that was more he plainly expressed with whom of whom by whom and to whom she bent her better liking now here i would demand of such as are expert is there any greater impediment to the fruition of a lover's delights than to be mistrusted or rather is it not the ready way to race all love and former good will out of remembrance to tell a guilty mind that you do mistrust it it should seem yes by dame eleanor who began now to take the matter hotly and of such vehemency were her fancies that she now fell into flat defiance with ferdinando who although he sought by many fair words to temper her choleric passions and by yielding himself to get the conquest of another yet could he by no means determine the quarrel the soft pillows being present at all these hot speeches put forth themselves as mediators for a truce between these enemies and desired that if they would needs fight it might be in their presence but one only blow and so from thenceforth to become friends again for ever but the dame denied flatly alleging that she found no cause at all to use such courtesy unto such a recreant adding further many words of great reproach the which did so enrage ferdinando as that having forgotten all former courtesies footnote q one has this he drew upon his new professed enemy and bare her up with such a violence against the bolster that before she could prepare the ward he thrust her through both hands and etc 
whereby the dame swooning for fear was constrained for a time to abandon her body to the enemy's courtesy at last when she came to herself and a footnote she rose suddenly and determined to save herself by flight leaving him in bed with many despiteful words and swearing that he should never eftsoons take her at the like advantage the which oath she kept better than her former professed good will and having now recovered her chamber because she found her hurt to be nothing dangerous i doubt not but she slept quietly the rest of the night as ferdinando also persuading himself that he should with convenient pleasure recover her from this haggard conceit took some better rest towards the morning than he had done in many nights forepast so let them both sleep whiles i turn my pen unto the before-named secretary who being as i say come lately from florence had made many proffers to renew his accustomed consultations but the sorrow which his mistress had conceived in hieronymy his sickness together with her continual repair to him during the same had been such lets unto his attempts as it was long time before he could obtain audience at the last these new accidents fell so favourably for the furtherance of his cause that he came to his mistress presence and there pleaded for himself now if i should at large write his allegations together with her subtle answers i should but cumber your ears with unpleasant rehearsal of feminine frailty to be short the late disdainful mood which she had conceived against ferdinando together with a scruple which lay in her conscience touching the eleventh article of her belief moved her presently with better will to consult with this secretary as well upon the speedy revenge of her late received wrongs as also upon the reformation of her religion and in very deed it fell out that the secretary having been of long time absent and there his quills and pens not worn so near as they were wont to be did now prick such fair large notes that his mistress liked better to sing fa burden under him than to descant any longer upon ferdinando's plain song and thus they continued in good accord until it fortuned that dame frances came into her chamber upon such sudden as she had liked to have marred all the music well they conveyed their cliffs as closely as they could but yet not altogether without some suspicion given to the said dame frances who although she could have been content to take any pain in hieronymy's behalf yet otherwise she could never have bestowed the watching about so worthless a prize after womanly salutations they fell into sudden discourses the secretary still abiding in the chamber with them at last two or three other gentlewomen of the castle came into madame eleanor's chamber who after their bonjour did all una voce seemed to lament the sickness of ferdinando and called upon the dames eleanor and francis to go visit him again the lady francis courteously consented but madame eleanor first alleged that she herself was also sickly the which she attributed to her late pains taken about him and said that only for that cause she was constrained to keep her bed longer than her accustomed hour the dames but specially the lady frances 
gan straightways conjecture some great cause of sudden change and so leaving dame eleanor walked altogether into the park to take the air in the morning and as they thus walked it chanced that dame pergo heard a cuckoo chant who because the pride of the spring was now past cried cuck cuck cuckoo in her stammering voice aha quoth pergo this foul bird begins to fly the country and yet before her departure see how spitefully she can devise to salute us not so quoth dame francis but some other whom she hath espied wherewith dame pergo looking round about her and espying none other company said why here is nobody but we few women quoth she thanks be to god the house is not far from us quoth dame francis hereat the wily pergo partly perceiving dame francis meaning replied on this sort i understand you not quoth she but to leap out of this matter shall we go visit master Hieronymi and see how he doth this morning why quoth dame francis do you suppose that the cuckoo called upon him nay marry quoth pergo for as far as i know he is not married as who should say quoth dame francis that the cuckoo envieth none but married folks i take it so said pergo the lady francis answered yes sure i have noted as evil luck in love after the cuckoo's call to have happened upon diverse unmarried folks as ever i did unto the married but i can be well content that we go unto him for i promised on the behalf of us all that we would use our best devoir to recomfort him until he had recovered health and i do much marvel that the lady eleanor is now become so unwilling to take any travail in his behalf especially remembering that but yesternight she was so diligent to bring him to bed but i perceive that all earthly things are subject unto change even so they be quoth pergo for you may behold the trees which but even this other day were clad in gladsome green and now their leaves begin to fade and change colour thus they passed talking and walking until they returned unto the castle whereas they went straight unto ferdinando's chamber and found him in bed why how now trust quoth dame francis will it be no better yes shortly i hope quoth he the ladies all saluted him and he gave them the gramercy at the last pergo popped this question unto him and how have you slept in your mistress sheets master Hieronymi? quoth she reasonably well quoth he but i pray you where is my mistress this morning marry said pergo we left her in bed scarce well at ease i am the more sorry quoth he why trust said mistress francis be of good comfort and assure yourself that here are others who would be as glad of your well-doing as your mistress in any respect i ought not to doubt thereof quoth ferdinando having the proof that i have had of your great courtesies but i thought it my duty to ask for my mistress being absent thus they passed some time with him until they were called away unto prayers and that being finished they went to dinner where they met dame eleanor attired in a night-kerchief after the solemnest the solemnest fashion i should have said who looked very drowsily upon the folks unless it were her secretary unto whom she deigned sometime to lend a friendly glance 
the lord of the castle demanded of her how master Hieronymi did this morning she answered that she knew not for she had not seen him that day you may do well then daughter quoth the lord to go now unto him and to assay if he will eat anything and if here be no meats that like him i pray you command for him anything that is in my house you must pardon me sir quoth she i am sickly disposed and would be loath to take the air why then you go mistress francis quoth he and take somebody with you and i charge you see that he lack nothing mistress francis was glad of the embassage and rising from the table with one other gentlewoman took with her a dish of chickens boiled in white broth saying to her father i think this meat meetest for master Hieronymi of any that is here it is so quoth he daughter and if he like not that cause somewhat else to be dressed for him according to his appetite thus she departed and came to ferdinando who being plunged in sundry woes and thrilled with restless thoughts was now beginning to rise but seeing the dames couched down again and said unto them alas fair ladies you put yourselves to more pains than either i do desire or can deserve good trust quoth dame francis our pains are no greater than duty requireth nor yet so great as we could vouchsafe in your behalf and presently my father has sent us unto you quoth she with this pittance and if your appetite desire any one thing more than other we are to desire likewise that you will not refrain to call for it oh my good hope quoth he i perceive that i shall not die as long as you may make me live and being now some deal recomforted with the remembrance of his mistress words which she had used overnight at her first coming and also thinking that although she parted in choler it was but justly provoked by himself and that at leisure he should find some salve for that sore also he determined to take the comfort of his assured hope and so to expel all venoms of mistrust before received wherefore raising himself in his bed he cast a nightgown about his shoulders saying it shall never be said that my fainting heart can reject the comfortable cordials of so friendly physicians now by my troth well said gentle trust quoth dame francis and in so doing assure yourself garrison with speed this thus said the courteous dame become his carver and he with a bold spirit gan taste of her cookery but the late conflicts of his conceits had so disacquainted his stomach from repasts that he could not well away with meat and yet nevertheless by little and little received some nourriture when his hope had crammed him as long as she could make him feed they delivered the rest to the other gentlewoman who having not dined fell to her provender in which meanwhile the lady frances had much comfortable speech with signor Hieronymi, and declared that she perceived very well the malady but my trust quoth she be all whole and remember what i foretold you in the beginning nevertheless you must think that there are remedies for all mischiefs and if you will be ruled by mine advice we will soon find the mean to ease you of this mishap ferdinando took comfort in her discretion and friendly kissed her hand gave her a cartload of thanks for her great good will promising to put to his uttermost force and evermore to be ruled by her advice 
thus they passed the dinner while the lady frances always refusing to declare her conceit of the late change which she perceived in his mistress for she thought best first to win his will unto conformity by little and little and then in the end to persuade him with necessity when the other gentlewoman had victualled her they departed requiring him to rise and boldly to resist the faintness of his fever the which he promised and so bade them adio the ladies at their return found the court in dame eleanor's chamber who had there assembled her secretary dame pergo and the rest there they passed an hour or twain in sundry discourses wherein dame pergo did always cast out some bone for mistress frances to gnaw upon for that indeed she perceived her hearty affection towards ferdinando whereat mistress frances changed no countenance but reserved her revenge until a better opportunity at last quoth dame frances unto mistress eleanor and when will you go unto your servant fair lady when he is sick and i am whole quoth dame eleanor that is even now quoth the other for how sick he is yourself can witness and how well you are we must bear record you may as well be deceived in my disposition quoth dame eleanor as i was overseen in his sudden alteration and if he be sick you are meet to be his physician for you saw yesterday that my pains did little profit towards his recomfort yes surely said the other not only i but all the rest had occasion to judge that your courtesy was his chief comfort well quoth dame eleanor you know not what i know nor you what i think quoth dame frances think what you list quoth eleanor indeed quoth frances i may not think that you care neither will i die for your displeasure and so half angry she departed at supper they met again and the master of the house demanded of his daughter frances how ferdinando did sir quoth she he did eat somewhat at dinner and sithens i saw him not the more to blame quoth he and now i would have all you gentlewomen take of the best meats and go sup with him for company driveth away carefulness and leave you me here with your leavings alone nay sir quoth mistress eleanor i pray you give me leave to bear you company for i dare not adventure thither the lord of the castle was contented and dispatched away the rest who taking with them such viands as they thought meetest went unto hieronymy's chamber finding him up and walking about to recover strength whereat dame frances rejoiced and declared how her father had sent that company to attend him at supper ferdinando gave great thanks and missing now nothing but his mistress thought not good yet to ask for her but because he partly guessed the cause of her absence he contented himself hoping that when his lure was new garnished he should easily reclaim her from those coy conceits they passed over their supper all in quiet and soon after mistress frances being desirous to requite dame pergo's quips requested that they might continue the pastime which dame pergo had begun overnight whereunto they all consented and the lot fell unto dame frances to propound the second question who addressing her speech unto ferdinando said in this wise noble governor i will rehearse unto you a strange history not feigned 
neither borrowed out of any old authority, but a thing done indeed of late days, and not far distant from this place where we now remain. It chanced that a gentleman, our neighbor, being married to a very fair gentlewoman, lived with her by the space of four or five years in great contentation, trusting her no less than he loved her, and yet loving her as much as any man could love a woman. On that other side the gentlewoman had won unto her beauty, a singular commendation for her chaste and modest behavior. Yet it happened in time that a lusty young gentleman, who very often resorted to them, obtained that at her hands which never any man could before him attain, and to be plain he won so much in her affections, that forgetting both her own duty and her husband's kindness, she yielded her body at the commandment of this lover, in which pastime they passed long time by their politic government. At last the friends of this lady, and especially three sisters which she had, espied over much familiarity between the two lovers, and dreading lest it might break out to their common reproach, took their sister apart, and declared that the world did judge scarce well of the repair of that gentleman unto her house, and that if she did not foresee it in time, she should not only lose the good credit which she herself had hitherto possessed, but furthermore should disdain their whole race with common obloquy and reproach. These and sundry other godly admonitions of these sisters could not sink in the mind of this gentlewoman, for she did not only stand in defiance what any man could think of her, but also seemed to accuse them that, because they saw her estimation, being their younger, to grow above their own, they had therefore devised this mean to set variance between her husband and her. The sisters, seeing their wholesome counsel so rejected, and her continue still in her obstinate opinion, addressed their speech unto her husband, declaring that the world judged not the best, neither they themselves did very well like of the familiarity between their sister and that gentleman, and therefore advised him to forecast all perils, and in time to forbid him his house. The husband, on the other side, had also conceived such a good opinion of his guest, and had grown into such a strict familiarity with him, that you might with more ease have removed a stone wall, than once to make him think amiss either of his wife or of her lover. Yea, and immediately after this conference, he would not stick thus to say unto his wife, Lamia, for so indeed was her name, thou hast three such busy-brained sisters, as I think shortly their heads will break, they would have me to be jealous of thee, no, no, Lamia, etc., so that he was not only far from any such belief, but furthermore did every day increase his courtesies towards the lover. The sisters being thus on all sides rejected, and yet perceiving more and more an unseemly behavior between their sister and her minion, began to melt in their own grease, and such was their enraged pretense of revenge, that they suborned diverse servants in the house to watch so diligently as that this treason might be discovered. Amongst the rest, one maid of subtle spirit had so long watched them, that at last she spied them go into the chamber together, and locked the door to them 
whereupon she ran with all haste possible to her master and told him that if he would come with her she would show him a very strange sight the gentleman suspecting nothing went with her until he came into a chamber near unto that wherein they had shut themselves and she pointing her master to the keyhole bade him look through where he saw the thing which most might mislike him to behold whereat he suddenly drew his dagger and turned towards the maid who fled from him for fear of mischief but when he could not overtake her in the heat of his collar he commanded that she should forthwith truss up that little which she had and to depart his service and before her departure he found means to talk with her threatening that if ever she spake any word of this mystery in any place where she should come it should cost her life the maid for fear departed in silence and the master never changed countenance to either his wife or to her paramour but feigned unto his wife that he had turned away the maid upon that sudden for that she had thrown a kitchen-knife at him whiles he went about to correct a fault in her etc thus the good gentleman drank up his own sweat unseen every day increasing courtesy to the lover and never changing countenance to his wife in anything but only that he refrained to have such knowledge of her carnally as he in time past had and other men have of their wives in this sort he continued by the space almost of half a year nevertheless lamenting his mishap in solitary places at last what moved him i know not he fell again to company with his wife as other men do and as i have heard it said he used this policy every time that he had knowledge of her he would leave either in the bed or in her cushion-cloth or by her looking-glass or in some place where she must needs find it a piece of money which then was in italy called a carolin thus he dealt with her continually by the space of four or five months using her nevertheless very kindly in all other respects and providing for her all things necessary at the first call but unto his guest he still augmented his courtesy in such sort that you would have thought them to be sworn brothers all this notwithstanding his wife much musing at these small pieces which she found in this sort and furthermore having sundry times found her husband in solitary places making great lamentation she grew inquisitive what should be the secret cause of these alterations unto whom he would none otherwise answer but that any man should find occasion to be more pensive at one time than at another the wife notwithstanding increasing her suspect imparted the same unto her lover alleging therewithal that she doubted very much lest her husband had some vehement suspicion of their affairs the lover encouraged her and likewise declared that if she would be importunate to inquire the cause her husband would not be able to keep it from her and having now thoroughly instructed her she dealt with her husband in this sort one day when she knew him to be in his study alone she came in to him and having fast locked the door after her and conveyed the key into her pocket she began first with earnest entreaty and then with tears to crave that he would no longer keep from her the cause of his sudden alteration 
the husband dissimulated the matter still at last she was so earnest to know for what cause he left money in such sort at sundry times that he answered on this wise wife quod he thou knowest how long we have been married together and how long i have made so dear account of thee as ever man made of his wife since which days thou knowest also how long i refrained thy company and how long again i have used thy company leaving the money in this sort and the cause is this so long as thou didst behave thyself faithfully towards me i never loathed thy company but sithens i have perceived thee to be a harlot and therefore did i for a time refrain and forbear to lie with thee and now i can no longer forbear it i give thee every time that i lie with thee a carolin which is to make thee understand thine own whoredom and this reward is sufficient for a whore the wife began stoutly to stand at defiance but the husband cut off her speech and declared when where and how he had seen it hereat the woman being abashed and finding her conscience guilty of as much as he had alleged fell down on her knees and with most bitter tears craved pardon confessing her offence whereat her husband moved with pity and melting likewise in floods of lamentation recomforted her promising that if from that day forwards she would be true unto him he would not only forgive all that was past but become more tender and loving unto her than ever he was why do i tarry so long they became of accord and in full accomplishment thereof the gentlewoman did altogether eschew the company the speech and as much as in her lay the sight of her lover although her husband did continue his courtesy towards him and often charged his wife to make him fair resemblant the lover was now only left in perplexity who knew nothing what might be the cause of all these changes and that most grieved him he could by no means obtain again the speech of his desired he watched all opportunities he suborned messengers he wrote letters but all in vain in the end she caused to be declared unto him a time and place where she would meet him and speak with him being met she put him in remembrance of all that had passed between them she laid also before him how trusty she had been unto him in all professions she confessed also how faithfully he had discharged the duty of a friend in all respects and therewithal she declared that her late alteration and pensiveness of mind was not without great cause for that she had of late such a mishap as might change the disposition of any living creature yea and that the case was such as unless she found present remedy her death must needs ensue and that speedily for the preventing whereof she alleged that she had beaten her brains with all devices possible and that in the end she could think of no redress but one the which lay only in him to accomplish wherefore she besought him for all the love and good will which had ever passed between them now to show the fruits of true friendship and to gratify her with a free grant to this request the lover who had always been desirous to pleasure her in anything but now especially to recover her wonted kindness 
can frankly promise to accomplish anything that might be to him possible yea though it were to his great detriment and therewithal did deeply blame her in that she would so long torment herself with any grief considering that it lay in him to help it the lady answered that she had so long kept it from his knowledge because she doubted whether he would be content to perform it or not although it was such a thing as he might easily grant without any manner of hurt to himself and yet now in the end she was forced to adventure upon his courtesy being no longer able to bear the burden of her grief the lover solicited her most earnestly to disclose it and she as fast seemed to mistrust that he would not accomplish it in the end she took out a book which she had brought for the nonce and bound him by an oath to accomplish it the lover mistrusting nothing less than that ensued took the oath willingly which done she declared all that had passed between her and her husband his grief her repentance his pardon her vow and in the end of her tale enjoined the lover that from thenceforwards he should never attempt to break her constant determination the lover replied that this was impossible but she plainly assured him that if he granted her that request she would be his friend in all honest and godly wise if not she put him out of doubt that she would eschew his company and flee from his sight as from a scorpion the lover considering that her request was but just accusing his own guilty conscience remembering the great courtesies always used by her husband and therewithal seeing the case now brought to such an issue as that by no other means than by this it could be concealed from the knowledge of the world but most of all being urged by his oath did at last give an unwilling consent and yet a faithful promise to yield unto her will in all things and thus being become of one assent he remaineth the dearest friend and most welcome guest that may be both to the lady and her husband and the man and the wife so kind each to other as if there never had been such a breach between them now of you noble governor i would fain learn whether the perplexity of the husband when he looked in at the keyhole or of the wife when she knew the cause why the carolines were so scattered or of the lover when he knew what was his mistress charge was greater of the three i might have put in also the troubled thoughts of the sisters and the maid when they saw their good will rejected but let these three suffice gentle hope quoth ferdinando you have rehearsed and that right eloquently a notable tale or rather a notable history because you seem to affirm that it was done indeed of late and not far hence wherein i note five especial points that is a marvellous patience in the husband no less repentance in the wife no small boldness of the maid but much more rashness in the sisters and last of all a rare tractability in the lover nevertheless to return unto your question i think the husband's perplexity greatest because his losses abounded above the rest and his injuries were uncomparable the lady frances did not seem to contrary him 
but rather smiled in her sleeve at dame pergo who had no less patience to hear the tale recited than the lady frances had pleasure in telling of it by this time the sleeping hour approached and the ladies prepared their departure when as mistress frances said unto the venetian although per case i shall not do it so handsomely as your mistress yet good trust quod she if you vouchsafe it i can be content to trim up your bed in the best manner that i may as one who would be as glad as she to procure your quiet rest ferdinando gave her great thanks desiring her not to trouble herself but to let his man alone with that charge thus they departed and how all parties took rest that night i know not but in the morning ferdinando began to consider with himself that he might lie long enough in his bed before his mistress would be appeased in her peevish conceits wherefore he arose and being apparelled in his nightgown took occasion to walk in the gallery near adjoining unto his mistress chamber but there might he walk long enough ere his mistress would come to walk with him when dinner-time came he went into the great chamber whereas the lord of the castle saluted him being joyful of his recovery hieronymy giving due thanks declared that his friendly entertainment together with the great courtesy of the gentlewomen was such as might revive a man although he were half dead i would be loath quoth the host that any gentleman coming to me for good will should want any courtesy of entertainment that lieth in my power when the meat was served to the table the gentlewomen came in all but dame eleanor and mistress pergo the which ferdinando marked very well and it did somewhat abate his appetite after dinner his hope came unto him and demanded of him how he would pass the day for his recreation to whom he answered even as it best pleased her she devised to walk into the park and so by little and little to acquaint himself with the air he agreed and they walked together being accompanied with one or two other gentlewomen and although there were now more cause that he should mistrust his mistress than ever he had before received yet the vehement passions which he saw in her when she first came to visit him and moreover the earnest words which she pronounced in his extremity were such a refreshing to his mind as that he determined no more to trouble himself with like conceits concluding further that if his mistress were not faulty then had he committed a foul offence in needless jealousy and that if she were faulty especially with the secretary then no persuasion could amend her nor any passion help him and this was the cause that enabled him after such passing pangs to abide the doubtful conclusion and thus manfully and valiantly to repress faintness of his mind nothing doubting but that he should have won his mistress to pardon his presumption and lovingly to embrace his service in wonted manner but he was far deceived for she was now in another tune the which mistress frances began partly to discover unto him as they walked together for she burdened him that his malady proceeded only of a disquiet mind and if it did so my gentle hope quod he what remedy my good trust quod she none other but to plant quiet where disquiet began to grow i have determined quod he but i must crave the help of your assured friendship 
thereof you may make account quod she but wherein ferdinando walking apart with her began to declare that there was some contention happened between his mistress and him the lady told him that she was not ignorant thereof then he desired her to treat so much in the cause as they might eftsoons come to parley thereof i dare assure you quoth mistress francis and at their return she led him into his mistress chamber whom they found lying on her bed whether galled with any grief or weary of the thing which you wot of i know not but there she lay unto whom ferdinando gave two or three salutations before she seemed to mark him at last said the lady francis unto her your servant hearing of your sickness hath adventured thus far into the air to see you i thank him quoth dame eleanor and so lay still refusing to give him any countenance whereat he perceiving all the other gentlewomen fall to whispering thought good boldly to plead his own case and approaching the bed began to enforce his unwilling mistress unto courtesy wherein he used such vehemence as she could not well by any means refuse to talk with him but what their talk was i may not take upon me to tell you sufficeth this to be known that in the end she pretended to pass over all old grudges and thenceforth to pleasure him as occasion might serve the which occasion was so long in happening that in the end he being now eftsoons troubled with unquiet fantasies and forced to use his pen again as an ambassador between them one day amongst the rest found opportunity to thrust a letter into her bosom wherein he had earnestly requested another moonshine banquet or friday's breakfast to recomfort his dulled spirits whereunto the dame yielded this answer in writing but of whose inditing judge you i can but smile at your simplicity who burden your friends with an impossibility the case so stood as i could not though i would wherefore from henceforth either learn to frame your request more reasonably or else stand content with a flat repulse she ferdinando liked this letter but a little and being thereby driven unto his accustomed vein he compiled in verse this answer following upon these words contained in her letter i could not though i would i could not though i would good lady say not so since one good word of your good will might soon redress my woe where wood is free before there could can never fail for proof you see how galleys pass where ships can bear no sail the weary mariner where skies are overcast by ready will doth guide his skill and wins the haven at last the pretty bird that sings with prick against her breast doth make a virtue of her need to watch when others rest and true the proverb is which you have laid apart there is no hap can seem too hard unto a willing heart then lovely lady mine you say not as you should in doubtful terms to answer thus i could not though i would yes yes full well you know your can is quick and good and wilful will is eke too swift to shed my guiltless blood but if good will were bent as pressed as power is such will would quickly find the skill to mend that is amiss 
wherefore if you desire to see my true love spilt command and i will slay myself that yours may be the guilt but if you have no power to say your servant nay write thus i may not as i would yet must i as i may ferdinando Hieronymi. thus Hieronymi replied upon his mistress answer hoping thereby to recover some favour at her hands but it would not be so that now he had been as likely as at the first to have fretted in fantasies had not the lady frances continually comforted him and by little and little she drove such reason into his mind that now he began to subdue his humour with discretion and to determine that if he might espy evident proof of his mistress's frailty he would then stand content with patience perforce and give his mistress the bezo las manos and it happened one day amongst others that he resorted to his mistress's chamber and found her allo solito lying upon her bed and the secretary with dame pergo and her handmaid keeping of her company whereat ferdinando somewhat repining came to her and fell to dalliance as one that had now rather adventure to be thought presumptuous than yield to be accounted bashful he cast his arm over his mistress and began to accuse her of sluggishness using some other bold parts as well to provoke her as also to grieve the other the lady seemed little to delight in his dallying but cast a glance at her secretary and therewith smiled when as the secretary and dame pergo burst out into open laughter the which ferdinando perceiving and disdaining her ingratitude was forced to depart and in that fantasy compiled this sonnet with her in arms that had my heart in hold i stood of late to plead for pity so and as i did her lovely looks behold she cast a glance upon my rival foe his fleering face provoked her to smile when my salt tears were drowned in disdain he glad i sad he laughed alas the while i wept for woe i pined for deadly pain and when i saw none other hoot prevail but reason rule must guide my skilful mind why then quod i old proverbs never fail for yet was never good cat out of kind nor woman true but even as stories tell one with an egg and lost again with shell ferdinando Hieronymi. this sonnet declareth that he began now to account of her as she deserved for it hath a sharp conclusion and it is somewhat too general well as it is he lost it where his mistress found it and she immediately imparted the same unto dame pergo and dame pergo unto others so that it quickly became common in the house amongst others mistress frances having recovered a copy of it did seem to pardon the generality and to be well pleased with the particularity thereof the which she bewrayed one day unto ferdinando in this wise of all the joys that ever i had my good trust quod she there is none wherein i take more comfort than in your conformity and although your present rage is such that you can be content to condemn a number unknown for the transgression of one too well known yet i do rather rejoice that you should judge your pleasure over many than to be abused by any 
my good hope quod he it were not reason that after such manifold proofs of your exceeding courtesy i should use strange or contentious language with so dear a friend and indeed i must confess that the opinion which i have conceived of my mistress hath stirred my pen to write very hardly against all the feminine gender but i pray you pardon me quod he and if it please you i will recant it as also per case i was but cloyed with circuitry and presumed to think more than may be proved yea but how if it were proved quod dame francis if it were so which god forbid quod he then could you not blame me to conceive that opinion howsoever i might blame you quod she i mean not to blame you but i demand further if it be as i think and you suspect what will you then do surely quod he i have determined to drink up mine own sorrow secretly and to bid them both adieu i like your farewell better than your fantasy quod she and whensoever you can be content to take so much pains as the knight which had a nightgown guarded with naked swords did take i think you may put yourself out of doubt of all these things by these words and other speech which she uttered unto him ferdinando smelt how the world went about and therefore did one day in the grey morning adventure to pass through the gallery towards his mistress chamber hoping to have found the door open but he found the contrary and there attending in good devotion heard the parting of his mistress and her secretary with many kind words whereby it appeared that the one was very loath to depart from the other poor Hieronymy was enforced to bear this burden and after he had attended there as long as the light would give him leave he departed also to his chamber and apparelling himself could not be quiet until he had spoken with his mistress whom he burdened flatly with this despiteful treachery and she as fast denied it until at last being still urged with such evident tokens as he alleged she gave him this bone to gnaw upon and if i did so quod she what then whereunto ferdinando made none answer but departed with this farewell my loss is mine own and your gain is none of yours and sooner can i recover my loss than you enjoy the gain which you gape after and when he was in place solitary he compiled these following for a final end of the matter and if i did what then are you aggrieved therefore the sea hath fish for every man and what would you have more thus did my mistress once amaze my mind with doubt and popped a question for the nonce to beat my brains about whereto i thus replied each fisherman can wish that all the seas at every tide were his alone to fish and so did i in vain but since it may not be let such fish there as find the gain and leave the loss for me and with such luck and loss i will content myself till tides of turning time may toss such fishers on the shelf and when they stick on sands that every man may see then will i laugh and clap my hands as they do now at me 
Ferdinando Hieronymi. Thus Ferdinando, being no longer able to bear these extreme despites, resolved to absent himself, as well for his own further quiet, as also to avoid the occasion of greater mischiefs that might ensue. And although the exceeding courtesies and approved fidelity of Dame Frances had been sufficient to allure the fast liking of any man, especially considering that she was reasonably fair, and descended of a worthy father, who now fell flatly to move and solicit the same, yet such sinister conceits had he taken by the frailty of Dame Eleanor, as that rejecting all proffers, and condemning all courtesies, he took his leave and without pretence of return departed to his house in venice spending there the rest of his days in a dissolute kind of life and abandoning the worthy lady francicina who daily being galled with the grief of his great ingratitude did shortly bring herself into a miserable consumption whereof after three years languishing she died notwithstanding all which occurrences the lady eleanor lived long in the continuance of her accustomed change and thus we see that where wicked lust doth bear the name of love it doth not only infect the light-minded but it may also become confusion to others which are vowed to constancy and to that end i have recited this fable which may serve as example to warn the youthful reader from attempting the like worthless enterprise i know not how my rude translation thereof will delight the finest judgments but sure as bartello writeth it in italian it is both pleasant and profitable the which hath made me adventure thus to publish the same in such simple style as i am able to indite desiring the gentle reader rather to take example of reformation therein than to find fault at the homely handling of the same ever or never end of page eight end of the adventures of master f j by george gascoigne